This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. I'm Jen. I'm Brian. And I'm Henno. We're three friends that talk about mental health, wellness, and our lives. Through articles and tips, we share what has worked for us on our paths overcoming depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, and addiction. Come join us on our journey. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search for The Crazy Life. Remember, wiggle your toes and just keep breathing. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookie Radio. Not Weeby Geeks, as we're recording. You, th- you threw, us, threw Derek and I off, Ken. Yep. <laughs> hey, oh. it wasn't by my... Oh, believe me, I know. Um, it is Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Tired. Yes, I second that. I third that. And I'm waiting for Jim Cantori to get here in Florida. That Ooh. means there's only one reason for Jim Cantori to be here in Florida. There's a hurricane coming. Oh. And I think one of my favorite memes on Facebook, i get Facebook to load up, is uh, it's been going out there. Uh, Disney, when, open the hur- when a hurricane lands on the opening weekend of Galaxy's Edge, evacuate in our moment of truth. And it's a picture of Tarkin and, and another officer. Mm-hmm. It moment of so moment fit, of triumph. That's moment the way it's of triumph. In our moment of triumph. <laughs> okay, oh, they, I am. They got a right meme, right? Huh? <laughs> they got a right on the meme, though, right? Yes, yes. It, okay. It's me. It's it's me. It's just me. Um, That's like I about a meme real quick. This is not Star Wars, but just real quick. Have you seen the one about um, Dizzy and Sony? Where I think it's um, yeah. Rocket else. Oh yeah. Dizzy um, wants to buy um, Spider Man, and said, and Sony says no way. So Disney asks, okay, how much to buy Sony? <laughs> Yeah. Well, apparently in that deal, Sony came back and said, you want the rights? It's $10, $10 billion. It's like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's, but they might think about it. No, they'll wait. Because Sony's trying to offload Sony Pictures. Well, the moment yeah. the moment they do, Spider-Man automatically reverts back to Disney. So oh, we, yeah. can, we can wait yeah. it out. We can wait yeah. it out. That, uh, it's like, that's something Disney could pick up Sony Pictures, but I don't think the government would let them. They already have too many um, studios under their umbrella. 
We don't need Sony. We just need well, Spider-Man. That. We just need Spider-Man. Yeah. Because right now, yeah. I know this is you a know. Star Wars podcast, but right now, there's only two Marvel properties that Sony does not, or that Disney does not have the solo movie rights to. That's Spider-Man, yeah, Hulk, Spider-Man and Hulk. And Hulk is with Universal. And, and Universal's playing ball. <laughs> They'll let us do what, let um, Disney do whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as they're getting money off of it. <laughs> yep. So yeah, they're not doing anything with the Hulk either. So, no. Yeah. Disney may not want Sony Pictures, but Sony Pictures comes with Columbia TriStar, which the Columbia movie catalog is ginormously huge. Yeah. Columbia Pictures goes all the way back to um, like the 30s. Oh, yeah. It goes back to the original. Which, it, was it RKO that became Columbia or Columbia event at some point? bought RKO or something like that. Something like that. Um, so that's what Disney would want. Yeah. Would be that movie catalog. Check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. Uh, right hand sides are affiliates. I know I say this every week. Check them out. Supporting them supports us. Also to hit the pictures for found me and heroes and villains. Use the code smugglers for 15% off your first purchase. Um, the Bluetooth trackers are, are amazing as always. I got compliments on my Chewy one at Galaxy's Edge um, along with my heroes and villains backpack as well have you seen the newest collection on heroes and villains the the or whatever it is the mcquarry uh mcquarry t-shirts gorgeous yeah it's in the jedi the whole thing i want that hat the the jedi and sith the the jedi and sith collections are really nice there's no backpacks in it it's just pretty much wallets t-shirts lanyards and hats yeah that hat i want I, i need that hat in my life I think I think I there's a the sorry, Derek. I love the Macquarie stuff. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. There's also some new storyboard T-shirts as well. There's the uh, Snowspeeder with the ad at. Cool. I hadn't seen the Sith collection. I just saw the Jedi collection. That's awesome. Also, that hat's a amazing, lot, which is awesome. I love the patch in the Jedi collection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that lanyard. I I love. Don't get me wrong. I love my Special Forces lanyard from the Indoor collection, but I love that lanyard. As well, only because it's it's got so much Arabish on it. That's what I that's why I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing with Heroes of Villains, it's a little on the pricey side, but it's beautiful stuff and it's good quality stuff. It's quality, yeah. Uh, also, to check out the image that's got the rotating pictures. That is our web store, and right now we are running a sale through the seventh. I think through the seventh. Don't quote me. I know we're running it through Monday. I think we're going till the seventh, uh, where it's fifteen percent off uh, every item you buy. So you buy a shirt, it's fifteen percent off. Hat, fifteen percent off. Um, so uh, update on the contest. I will be getting that launched this week, this weekend, actually. Um, items in line, the Wookie Radio hat that you could get from our web store. But there's one that's in the prize pack. Um, a purple kyber crystal from Galaxy's Edge, still sealed in the plastic, in its tube in the plastic. Um, three comics from Marvel Comics, three different Star Wars titles, all autographed by Joe Caramagna, uh, who these are all titles that he was the letterer on. Uh, from Steven at Roco Depot, he has donated a Halo um, legacy book or Tales book. I don't remember right offhand. Uh, but the cool thing about it, it's signed by two different Star Wars authors in it. We have just added this week from Chronicle Books, a Smuggler's Guide and a Leia Bust. How's that for scores? Nice. nice. And I'm going to have... Get this, in on this. this. You already got the Smuggler's Guide. Yeah, but I don't have the statue. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, 
And I have to get with uh, John Tyler Christopher because remember he said he's got something he's going to donate. I got to double check with him. And I am also working on something from um, John Jackson Miller. And then the latest one that came in today, and I want to thank Amanda from the I Rebel podcast. And, you know, I think uh, and their podcast is based around the Star Wars Destiny card game. We need to get her and her co-host on the show to talk about Star Wars Destiny. I know nothing about this game. Actually, it's not a card game. It's a um, dice game that the card you use the cards, I believe, to um, help you with the rules and stuff like that and make adjustments. But the game is actually rolling dice. Still, we need to get them on the show and do a, a Destiny episode to talk about. The cards are more like modifiers then? I, I think guess. so, yeah. But she... I have a starter set. I've just never not broke it open to play. It's like us with our spoils, Derek. Mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't... Spoils are amazing. I love spoils. I just don't yeah. play it enough. Uh, she's, yeah. She sent us 15 cards. They're fan-created cards that are Destiny compatible. And I know it's going to be hard in this plastic, but that's one of the cards. That's fan-made. Mm, cool. And, and all these cards are these 8-bit cards, which, Amanda, if you're listening, I almost want to set for myself. <laughs> these are nice. I, I may not play the game, but I'll collect the cards just for the sake of collecting the cards. And the back of each card has the I Rebel, a Star Wars Destiny podcast, as the, the backing to the card. So uh, those are coming as well. So even if you don't play the game, these are cool cards to have as a collectible. So um, that's where we're at with the contest at the moment. And uh, unfortunately, because of shipping costs, I I am going to have to limit this to U.S. residents only because the the bust in the book will drop ship direct. uh, The Leia bust and Smuggler's Guide will drop ship directly from Chronicle Books, which I, I appreciate that as well. So thank you to the team at Chronicle Books for for their donation to this contest. Now, you talked about the prizes and that we have this big contest. How do you enter the contest? It will be happening through a raffle on our page on Facebook where you'll have to like different Twitter accounts and stuff like that to get your your entries. And there will also be bonus entries as well. Okay. So that's the easiest because it has a, a winner generator on it, mm-hmm. a randomizer to pull the winner. So, so and it makes it how easy. can people get information? Do they get it from the Facebook page or? I will, I will be announcing it once it's complete on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Okay. All at Wookie Radio for each one of those handles, for each one of those platforms. So, yep. And I'm going to run it through September 10th. So that's why I'm scrambling to get it done this weekend. <laughs> so um, as I have wasted way too much time on this part, but it's okay. It needs to be done. Uh, we have fun talking about it. Uh, D23 happened since the last time we were on. Oh, uh, I missed it. And great googly moogly did we get all kinds of stuff. Yes. Uh, now, last week is when we had, did we have Daniel on last week? Yes. Yes. And, oh, I also want to thank Wayne at Sorcerer Radio. He took our, since our, since we didn't have Wookiee Radio on Sorcerer Radio the weekend that I, or the weekend that I had gone to cash previews earlier because he was down here on his own doing annual pass holder previews. That episode aired as a special on Sorcerer Radio this past Friday, the, the 30th. Oh, yeah. Um, in con- as a as a special for the opening of Galaxy's Edge, so I want to thank Wayne for giving us that opportunity to be a special to, to have that special episode on Sorcerer Radio. I hope everyone enjoyed that little trip 
to Batu that we took. Um, but getting back to D23, uh, we're going to start off. The poster for Rise of Skywalker was revealed. Uh, I'm not sure what, they don't say which panel this was revealed at, but. Probably the movie panel on Saturday. Yeah. But this, oh, yeah. this poster is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I it can't. like any poster we've seen yet. No. And I can't I've remember the. Poster like this. I can't remember the name of the original podcast that pointed it out, um, but it's been verified by several others. The Emperor, what they use for the Emperor in this image, is the Hot Toys Emperor. Okay. But it doesn't matter. It's a cool enough look with this artwork and everything yeah. underneath. It's perfect. It's already in the pose you need. No need to sit there and, and force Ian McDermott to come in, do everything, and, and sit in that pose. It's already been done. Uh, and I'm I'm fine with that, but man, this poster is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And speculation is, what is that that they're standing on, Ray and Kylo? Well, we see it in the trailer once we get to that, because this battle that there you see here, because you see it's, they're wet, and once we get to the trailer, we'll see. Yeah. But I still have what it is or where it is. True. I know what it almost looks like. Almost looks like one of the spires from the Death Star. Possibly. Or um, like one of the, see it's they're in water and stuff, or else I'd say it almost looks like um, it has the feel of the um, battle between Obi Wan and um, Anakin from Episode Three. Except but, instead of lava, it's water and um, the sea. Could could we be back on Camino? Possibly, so, maybe. Uh, and then out on the floor, they had the evolution of stormtroopers again from Comic Con, but this time there was one more. Sh- soldier added to this um a specialized first order jet trooper yes and it has a unique design that incorporates nods to the original trilogy concept ralph mcquarrie and the fearsome death troopers from rogue one i don't see the death trooper look in this no neither do i um and and this is from madeline burkett from lucasfilm's collections and art and exhibitions archivist uh now the Mandalorian armor favored by Jango and Boba Fett featured a jetpack. This version is actually part of the body armor sculpt. Uh, the jetpack okay. is implemented as part of the armor, which is a bit unique. Oh, there it is. In the next picture. Yeah. That's cool. And you notice it's got similar lines to it, to the armor, like the Sith Trooper. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they got any inspiration from, because if I remember right, during the Clone Wars, they had um, Republic clone troopers that, with jetpacks, didn't they? Yes. Uh, you, see them, oh, see. you see them with Cody's group. It's the or- yeah. Airborne. But the helmets were totally different. Oh, yeah. The yeah Republic Trooper um, helmets were totally, I mean, they were. you could see where they would become Stormtrooper helmets. But this one is closer to first order. But it's yeah. a totally new look. But this, uh, this is it, it's 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 different. Um, but it is. I they show the concept uh, picture that this came from the Macquarie drawing, and you can see definitely the, where the influence came from for these. Uh, here, here's a bit tidbit because of the mass of the back piece, which apparently is super hefty. Um, the actors on set had to be fastened into the armor using Phillip head screws instead of the other means that they usually do for the armor. <laughs> um, and according to Burkett, the weight of the jetpack requires some pretty heavy duty hardware. 
Uh, now, the the helmet design, it, they say, owes some of its aesthetic to the evolution of the Death Trooper by armor designer Glenn Dillon, who worked under costume designer Michael Kaplan. And while most fans of Macquarie's vivid concept paintings may recognize the insignia on the chest plate, uh, we see it on the Snowtrooper armor from Star Wars Empire Strikes Back from the concept art, which, looking at the two... Similar, yeah, but I still don't know what it means. I am very interested to see what they do with these troopers. Yeah, um, now the shin and the forearm pieces contain a small protrusion like a fin. That's cool. Of course, they don't show a good picture of that in Mm. any of their pictures. Shame on you. Um, and it it gives that feeling, it gives you that feeling of flight, uh, again from Burkett. Uh, that's definitely a very unique to the jet trooper. So that's the jet trooper. And then we hit the good stuff. The rise of Skywalker footage and more high, and, and the highlights from the Walt Disney Studios panel. Uh, here are the five highlights. J.J. Abrams shared an emotional story about Carrie Fisher. Uh, this is his quote. The character of Leia is really, in a way, the heart of this story. When we were talking about this story, we realized we could not possibly tell the end of these nine films without Leia. Uh, of course, Carrie Fisher passed away before filming began. Well, yeah, she passed away before... Before uh, Last Jedi was in the wraps, was in the can completely. Um, but here's where, but to, for him to continue on, um, here's where the story takes a turn. I wasn't supposed to be here, Abram said, um, as he wasn't originally intended to direct the first and the last installments. But before her death, Fisher wrote a precedent dedication in her book, The Princess Diarist. Uh, she was almost sort of supernaturally witty and magical in a way, according to Abrams. On the pages she had written, um, it's this quote, special thanks to J.J. Abrams for putting up with me twice. <laughs> now I have never... Now, according to... To continue his quote, I have never worked with her before The Force Awakens, and I wasn't supposed to do this movie. So it, it was a classic Carrie thing to write, to sort of write something like that. And it can only mean one thing for me. I could not be more excited to have have you see her in her final performance. Uh, second was the, the teaser poster, which we already talked about. Uh, third, Carrie Russell revealed some of the new details about her character, Zori Bliss, including a past connection with Poe Dameron. Oh. Uh, according to Russell, it was so exciting. First of all, the main thing is my son actually thinks I'm cool now. I had this amazing costume and this helmet, which I actually love to wear and didn't take it off for about the first two days. I wore it the I wore it the whole time, but I found it incredibly, strangely empowering and exciting. I can't wait for you guys to meet Zori. She's very cool and a bit shady. Uh, there's also a nod saying that she is an old friend of Poe's. Uh, we got a glimpse at some of the behind-the-scenes photos, um, which we're not going to really delve into because we want to talk about the trailer. Oh, yeah. So, Ken, why don't you start us off trailer? Well, it starts off... Um, it's interesting because it's technically not a trailer. It's a D23 special look. But that's because you only get half new stuff. 
And the other half, the first half, like it's a two minutes, 11 seconds for the trailer. But you can pretty much start at the minute 10 because everything else you've seen before, which I was happy, though, because um, they started with all original trilogy stuff. But I was like, OK, are they, what's going on? But, but then they do go do a lot of prequel trilogy th- things. Then they show you footage from um, The Force Awakens and uh, um, The Last Jedi. So you do actually see things from all set eight um, films leading up to this. And then let me go back. I can uh, we can talk through some of this as it's going. Uh, where are we at? I have it set to go like slow motion here. So uh, half a second here. And the cool thing is right before it switches the new uh, footage on this, it's actually when Ray and Kylo are stuck on Force Awakens with their uh, lightsabers together. And you get the look of Ray with your eyes closed and she kind of opens her eyes and looks straight at Kylo. Then you switch into the new footage. Which some of it is things we've already seen, like you see um, Ryan, Finn, and Poe and Chewbacca on the desert world. We've seen footage of where they do the race. Right. You get a good shot of um, Carrie Fisher, uh, and then the really cool parts. This one here is sweet because you get a shot of what is the resistance, obviously at this point, showing up in the sky of a world somewhere, and it has just about everything you'd expect. It has some kind of freighter that I've not seen, but the rest of these you have X wings, Y wings, A wings, and B wings. All coming in together, so yeah. they do have an entire space fleet. If you and if you look Corvette. if you look closely, I think you also see the ghost. Is that that may be what this is in the front? Yeah. Is that the, is that the ghost? It's possible. I'm at the minute twenty one mark on the trailer. That could be the ghost right up front and center. It's all in silhouette, so you really can't tell much. Uh, let me find a picture of the ghost real quick. It's been a while since I looked at the ghost, so uh, a lot images. Of are, a lot of people are speculating that's the ghost. Oh. Yeah, looking at it and then look at it, bring it up on the trailer there if you can. That could very well be the ghost. That would be amazing because we know General Sindula is actually a major part of the resistance and the rebellion. Right. But I've also heard so, people say it almost looks like the uh, the Outrider. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It looks more like the Outrider to me. Yeah, well, the Outrider, I think, looked, was supposed to have more of a Millennium Falcon look, except for the uh, cockpit being farther back off to the side, wasn't it? I think so. N- not exactly. No. no, no. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like the Falcon with like the cockpit to the side, but it's more of a rounded shape. Okay, there we go. It doesn't really uh, have the yeah. The pictures I'm seeing here, I just brought up the pictures of the Outrider. They, this it's got too many um, straight curves on it. Unless I mean, this could be another version of it, but that's possible. But moving past there, the really cool part is the next one. You get a fleet of star destroyers, and these are not first order star destroyers. These are original Imperial, probably Victory class star destroyers. Yep. Yes. This is original trilogy uh, star destroyer that comes over the top of the screen to attack everybody. Well, you get an entire fleet of them. So it looks like when the Emperor comes back. He brings the Empire with him. If that's, if that's what if that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Then we get a good picture of Finn in the cockpit of the Falcon with um. What was her name? Is it um? Do you remember the new character? Uh, Rose. No, no, no. no. Oh, um, um, the one everybody thinks is Lando's daughter, possibly. Ah, uh, nuts. I don't know everybody's names yet on this yet. <laughs> Me either. We get a good look at them. Uh, we get the, the next one is interesting because you have C-3PO sitting up, but he's got red eyes. Yes. And he looks like he's in a workstation of some sort, like someone's been doing something to him. He becomes, we a, know, mur- he becomes a murder yeah. droid. Yeah, well, <laughs> we see from God a blaster, a uh, bowcaster, doesn't he, in the one poster? 
He finally becomes so, like triple zero. <laughs> was that, a, that a, an actual poster or a fan art thing? No, that ended up being the actual poster they gave away at uh, Celebration. Uh, was it Celebration that they gave that one away? Yeah, because yeah. it ended up being an actual poster. Everybody thought, well, no, because of some of the other things. But then you get a shot. It looks almost like, um, well, there's obviously a new Death Star or something because it looks like the Starkiller um, Death Ray. It's definitely not a Star uh, Death Star Death Ray because it's not powerful enough. But it's something blasting the ground. Uh, Back to um, that. That's Jana. Jana. Okay. Jana. That's what I thought. But I was like, yeah, because her name's real close to Jana. Yeah. Then we get Ray using the lightsaber in the forest, but she tosses it, cuts through a couple of trees, and calls it back to her hand. So she's definitely been training. Oh yeah. We get setting up, obviously, and we get into the battle with them, and you see what's uh, obviously this is what the poster was taken from, is there's um, some kind of retaining walls or something that Kylo and Ray are fighting on with, the, like, a hurricane or something going on around them, because there's um, huge waves attacking this. They must be at wait- Batu. Oh, wait, sorry. You know what? Looking in the background, this may actually be on the, um, you may have been right, Mike, about Death Star. This may be on the ruins of the Death Star, because we saw the ruins of the Death Star look like they were from the previous trailer in the middle of the ocean. That may be what this is. Yep. Because if you look at some of the stuff in the background, there's ruins all the way out there. Oh yeah. That looks like over to the left. It looks like a turbo laser battery um, that would have been on the surface of the Death Star. Are you guys looking where I am? I'm at yep, uh, 131, yep. 136 mark. That looks like a turbo laser tower, don't it? Obviously, it's got in ruins, but you know, wait till it clears off. Yeah. That definitely looks like um, be, you got yeah. really, we got really good looks of them in episode four, but you'd think the they would look the same on the Death Star 2. And we don't even know which Death Star this is. I, we're assuming it's Death Star 2, but... But this may not be a Death Star either. This could be a, sh- a ship or something. Right. Yeah. Well, that was definitely a uh, um, turbo laser battery. But let's see where we go next. I have this one slow, so it's not... Next one, I think, is the big shot. Everybody's like, wait a minute. You get... This is definitely Ray in black robes holding a double-bladed... Um, Sith lightsaber, but it's um, both blades up in the air. Yeah, and take take a look. And it unfolds. But take a look at the blades again. They're not they're Sith colored, but they're more Kylo's style. They're more they're like more Kylo. Ragged. Yeah, a more raw energy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, once she unfolds that, if you look, it's actually a larger hilt than what Darth Maul had. And then she hits like the a, other. It's like a pocket a, knife. Yeah. Did you see that? Have you seen that picture? The Swiss Army knife lightsaber. Yeah, and that's the last image of new stuff we get. But yeah, there is plenty of stuff to figure out. Like, why is Ray holding a Sith or a, um, a red bladed lightsaber wearing black robes? <laughs> And looking angry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna. She's gonna go to the dark side and stay there during this movie because that wouldn't be the end of a saga. But could this? Unless it ends a real downer. <laughs> could this be a vision of hers after either meeting the Empire, the Emperor, or someone else? But she's Possibly. having this vision of what could be her future while meditating or whatever, and decided this is not the future I want. I need to go do this and make this change. With that lightsaber, why wouldn't that be the future you? want <laughs> yeah that is kind of a bad lightsaber <laughs> yeah, well, who, I, I who's to I'll... say she doesn't eventually go to that lightsaber but in her blue since that's yeah. very close to what her staff is because it wouldn't be as cool 
Because <laughs> <laughs> we do see the rest of the movie and all the shots we see of her. She it, she does have um, the Skywalker lightsaber. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the, this trailer does what trailers are supposed to do. Leave you with a whole lot more questions than answers. Yep. And looking at the different, it's like, how are they going to get to the end with this, as far out as this is? Because we see there's a lightsaber battle between she and um, Kylo again. But then we see her with the um, red blades. Then we see all this other stuff going on. How are they going to do this and uh, still keep it under two hours? <laughs> I well, Actually, did someone, aren't they predicting this one to be about 220? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I did hear they're planning on this being the longest Star Wars movie yet. You kind of have to to finish up everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, that's not trailer-type stuff. No, but it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I almost think the um, the other trailer we got is even better because you got a whole lot more footage out of this, it seems like. You get more. But then again, we haven't seen anything from Mandalorian yet. Well, speaking, well, this, speaking of Mandalorian. It, technically, it wasn't a trailer. No. Official. Yeah. But it works as one. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a trailer that I find very Star Wars-y as mm-hmm. well. And the, I, I've heard rumor that we may not get an actual another trailer until like October, which is fine, possibly. Which is fine. It just better be a heck of a trailer that it's very similar to the old original trilogy trailers. That's what I would yeah. want. If you're going to wrap this up, then bring the trailer back towards one of the original, towards the feel of the original trilogy. Yeah. Well, also, if you're going to wait till two months out to put, because we've had one trailer already, but it really didn't show a whole lot. It was a real quick teaser. But if you're going to wait till October, two months out to do the um, real trailer, you better do a whole lot more than just release that trailer. Because oh, yeah. uh, remember Solo, they waited till two months out to, before they started the marketing on it. Mm-hmm. And you see what happened. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue because remember Force Friday or Triple Force Friday is coming. Yeah. I don't remember well, we the actual it- date. Plus, this ain't Solo. Well, yeah. That's too. That too. Um, now, you mentioned The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Now, the day before was the Disney Legends and Ming-Na Wen was one of those legends. Well, she kind of leaked, hey, I'm also in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I heard about that. Hmm. I had a perfect character for her. Could Ming-Na Wen potentially be Dr. Afra? Nope. <laughs> no, but I do think there's a, um, a, a different character that might be, once we get to it, that might actually be in this. Uh, I'd like to, I'd to see her be Dr. Afra. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, now, from StarWars.com, they offer up six highlights from the Mandalorian trailer. One, Stormtrooper buckets on pikes. Yeah, that was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. It definitely shows you that it's not um, your grandpa's Star Wars film. <laughs> no. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> That's for sure. This isn't the animated series as they've been doing. Yep. And, and, and the speculation is this is a warning to the Empire. <laughs> You're not wanted. Yeah. Really? Uh, I don't see why it's a warning. Yeah. Number two, the Razor Crest takes flight, which I love this ship. Yeah, that ship is cool. Have you noticed the ship looks kind of, it almost looks like a Star Wars version of the Serenity? Yeah, I'm seeing that too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it's great. smaller. Actually, um, I'm flipping through the trailer while you're doing this. If you see the shot of it sitting on the ground across from what looks like it might have been a U-wing at some point, um, it's a lot smaller than the Serenity was, but it sits the same way, too. Yeah. Again, I have taken the image and put it up on my desktop background. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is going to be 
a a welcome addition to Star Wars uh, ships and vehicles. Can't wait. Uh, number three was Death Troopers. Oh yeah, I didn't realize Death Troopers were still around, considering most of them were supposedly stationed at at uh, Scarif, except for the ones that Thrawn had. I forgot about I was that. Saying, Thrawn has some. Yeah, there there was a couple of. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about um, the fact that Death Troopers were actually just. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot of squads of them, but certain Imperials ranked high enough to be, have a squad of stor- death troopers. Thrawn being one, Krennic being one. It was basically for top level Imperials would actually be allowed to have a squad of death troopers. Well, Tarakin probably had one. Probably. Yeah. Um, now, that ATST that comes to the trees, and then you see the firing squad of death troopers. Oh, yeah. That was killer. Now, there's speculation. Oh, we think that's death troopers. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's any thinking to that because that looks point blank. Those are death troopers. Yes, the, you get two shots of them. One of them looks like it's almost a firing squad looking across. Then two shots later, you see the imperial officer with death troopers sitting right behind him. They're definitely yeah. black armor. Yeah, right. They're they're death troopers. Or, it's black armor. And you can't understand a word they say. <laughs> death. I forgot what the what the official name of the death troopers are. Death. No, they they have an actual formal name. I'm looking at that ATST, and um, this is obviously not a standard ATST because this one actually has like a toe. When it sits its foot on the edge of the ground, and it, like there's a point on the end of it that bends over the edge of the um towards the water. It's interesting. Right. Um, advanced weapons research trooper. Yeah, is what they were originally. Research. Which like Krennic and Tarkin yeah. would have some. Yeah, the, they were troopers and was pretty much assigned to the different research officers. Mm-hmm. Because Thrawn was one of those as well. Yes, because he had the TIE Fighter Project or the TIE um, Defender Project. Yes. Um, This is the IG unit. This is not IG-88. It's IG-11. And this was kick butt. Yeah. But to see him with the two different weapons that you see the action figure with was was awesome. But don't we still have, at some point, we have Taika Waititi doing IG-88's voice? No, well, no, he's doing droid. He's doing this droid, IG-11. I thought they said he was doing IG-88. No, he's doing IG-11. IG-88. They all, they all knew the picture of the droid. They didn't know the name. Oh, right, 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 right. Then we get uh, number five, the Mandalorian has arrived. As we see the the warrior stepping off his craft, backlit by a blazing sunset and tapping his blaster. I'm loving every, I I loved every scene that the Mandalorian was in. And apparently he has an actual name. It's just at the moment being kept secret, Mm -hmm. which is great. Well, I'm looking through some of the shots on here and some of these, um, the desert planet they're on, I I don't know what they're going to do if this is not Tatooine because they show the one character. He looks like a um, Ugnot almost. Um, I think riding that's Nick up, Nolte's character. Definitely. Well, that's yeah. They did say he was playing a lugnut, didn't they? Yep. That's probably him there. But he's riding on a dewback. Unless they actually go through the hassle of actually taking dewbacks and to other places. This has got to be on Tatooine. Could be. I, I don't know. Because that is definitely a dewback that he's riding. See, I thought it was a little small for a dewback. It was like a squatty dewback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm 
couldn't get satisfaction with like this somehow. Too. Whoa, was that good? Huh? I did. I'm just amazed on this. Some of the stuff yeah. that I'm seeing on that. I keep going back and playing little bits of it here and there as you're talking. The last highlight was the carbonite. Yes, that's the one I wanted to get to. Yeah. Now, you see what what alien that is, or what alien race that is in the front of that, right? Looks like a cat. No, that's a weak way. Is it? Chances yeah. that that's yeah. Han. We know this is a Dave Filoni has a huge influence on this series. Ooh. He loves to drop little things in there, and we know Hondo makes it at least to after the Last Jedi. <laughs> What's the chances we actually get a live action Hondo in this series? I doubt it. Oh, yeah, I doubt it too. I doubt it. Because if any bring in an added character, it's gonna be Dave Filoni, right? Well, if, it, it says he, we might see him there just in Carbonite, but I don't see. Well, I, I don't think we'll actually see him. Yeah, we're, we're not unless they actually bring Jim Cummings in to do the voice and overdub it. Maybe. Let him act it. That would be amazing. Uh, Put on the makeup and actually became. That's not Honda. There, there's no, there's no horns coming off the side. You click the picture and blow it up. That's that's not Honda. Okay. I don't think that's a re, um, weak way either. But the cool thing is, if you look, there's a whole line of these um, carbon blocks. Yeah, there's one, carbon two, blocks. three. There's like four of them. Four of them that we see. So it looks like if Boba was, if that was the first time they had tried something like that, or that anybody knew of back on Cloud City. Obviously, since it worked there, they um, it caught on with other bounty hunters. Yeah, as a good way to transport your um, cargo. Yeah, less chance of them talking back or fighting back or trying to escape. Once you're frozen in carbonite, you're not getting out without help. <laughs> nope, nope. But man, well, you're basically not getting out unless somebody lets you out. Mm-hmm. But man, that trailer was awesome. Oh yeah, I, I am so excited for this show. And that yeah. launches on November twelfth with um, day one. Yeah, they even didn't they even talk? Um, I don't remember the panel directly, but I thought they also they talked a little bit about Clone Wars. Uh, it's coming in February, uh, mm-hmm. and they also talked a little bit about um, um, shoot um, Cassian. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually the picture that I um, sent you guys. If you look, yeah. Um, that part of this panel. Let me see where I put it. I have it on the desktop here somewhere there. They actually released a timeline for everything that's been announced. Yep. We want to get into that now, or do you want to go somewhere else first? Um, let's go ahead and do this. This Mandalorian takes place uh, still in the Age of Rebellion, and it takes yeah. place a little bit timeline-wise, a little bit after Return of the Jedi. Now, the yeah, Cassian Andor series takes place in the middle of what Rebels would have encompassed in the four seasons of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no, uh, wait, where am I at? There it is. Yeah, the Cassian is probably two or three years, it looks like, before um, Rogue One. The Mandalorian, everything I've seen everywhere is there. Everybody seems to be putting it about five years after yeah. Return of the Jedi. And I believe we had already heard that before. And, and, and then we got this other one that takes place um, kind of near the beginning end of Solo. And that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kenobi is returning. And I had that the story up and I and I lost it. Was well, the worst kept secret okay. in Hollywood. The week beforehand, everybody was running with this. Yes. Before D3. <laughs> um, I think the one disappointment everyone had was Ewan McGregor did not go, well, hello there. <laughs> you can't do it as well good as James Arnold Taylor can. True. Um, so uh, Kathleen Kennedy came out to speak at the, the um, Disney Plus panel. She goes, after secrets and fibs and not being able to talk about it, I'm thrilled to bring out a beloved member of the Star Wars fandom. Can you please ask me... Um, Am I going to play Obi-Wan again? Said McGregor. Uh, he's been dodging questions about returning to the role for the last four years. Uh, but now I can say, yes, we're going to do it. Uh, scripts 
for the as-yet-untitled Kenobi series set eight years after the events of Revenge of the Sith have been written. And Kennedy said the crew is ready to start shooting next year. Which means we'll probably get it in 2021. Correct. Or late or late 20. Who knows? Depends on how early they start filming it. Yeah. But it's, it's so cool that we're getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, we called this m- months ago because remember we were talking yeah. when we first were hearing rumors about this. We were saying how we don't want this to be a movie because I don't want a Star Wars movie that takes place all in one place. Well, and originally this was supposed to be a movie because their uh, mm-hmm. fans of tracks was saying that it was going to start earlier this year at Pinewood filming a Kenobi movie. Yeah. So um, now the actors behind Cassie and Andor and K2SO were united to talk about their show. Um, that K2SO is going to be in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that it's been, um, there's no name for the series yet, um, but it's supposed to, they don't even say when it takes place. Uh, they, it's supposed to be a couple of years before Rogue One. Yeah. Look at that timeline again. Mm. Uh, then next up, they talk about Clone Wars being saved and is heading early next year. Yes, and, February. So, um, but The Mandalorian will debut on Disney Plus when it launches November 12th. So right off the bat, Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. Alan Tudyk did say he has a name for the um, Cassian Andor series. It's K2 Fast, K2 Furious, a Cassian Andor, Cassian Andor series. That's Ooh. wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah, definitely. So um, where do we go next? Well, let's talk a little bit about the Star Wars Hotel, which was brought up during the Parks um, parks panel. Uh, plus, they had a nice display of it at the on the exhibit floor. Uh, you will this be isn't seeing... a hotel. <laughs> What's that? This is not a hotel. No. You get, to land, you get to live on a Star Cruiser, which is it me or am I, am I the only person that as soon as I heard them say Star Cruiser, I was I went to um, Ewoks and Sindel and uh, wait, talking about star cruisers crashing a little bit yeah <laughs> um this is the the halcyon is the name of the ship you will be cruising on um and the hotel is going to be called star wars galactic star cruiser star uh, cruiser cruise. guests will check in for a two-night adventure aboard the luxury starship interacting with characters and acting as active participants and stories that unfold around them during their galactic journey uh the ship is a part of the Chandrilla Starline and the uh, Halcyon is a elegant craft befitting a befitting galactic voyagers and explorers alike. Mm-hmm. Um, the model shown beside uh, was shown beside a certain iconic Corellian freighter, uh, the mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon, to show you the size of this thing. It looks like it's about the same size as a Corellian Corvette, the Tantive uh, Four. Yeah, yeah, it's about the right size. Yeah, so um, apparently this Star Cruiser is also a Corellian. It's an MP's MPO 1400. So... This thing's amazing. And the rumored pricing is for two nights, a standard room to ho- that will hold up to five is like 3200 bucks. Uh, does that include um, wardrobe and everything else? Yes. Yes. But, every- well, but everything is done. Once you check in, you don't go to any of the other parks. The only place you get is your day excursion to Batu. And then it's back up. Once you check in, you can never leave. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like really that sticker price is huge. But if you think of something that, like this would be basically the equivalent of a cruise on land and right. a three day cruise, you're talking about thirty two hundred per person. Right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So the difference is you're not don't have to get seasick. True. Oh, you still may with the way the rooms are. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, that's what we got there. And then uh, some comic news about Darth Vader makes his first appearance in a non-Star Wars Marvel comic. Very cool. Um, what book? About Marvel oh, Comics 1000. Uh, the issue is mostly focused on familiar faces in the Marvel Universe, but it takes a detour to a galaxy far, far away. Um, so Marvel Comics 1000 features a single-page story for each year of Marvel's history, and each story inspired by a significant event in Marvel history from that year. The 1977 page is dedicated to Star Wars Number 1, the first ever Star Wars comic book. Uh, which became the first Marvel comic book since the Golden Age to sell more than a million copies. Insane. Selling a million copies back in 77. Wow. I could see it in the 90s. Mm. Yeah, but that's that's nuts. Uh, the story is written by former Darth Vader writer Charles Soule and drawn by Terry Dotson. It shows Rebel Alliance troops examining the wreckage of an X-Wing that flew into Vader, hoping to kill the Dark Lord of the Sith. But they were shocked and horrified to discover that Vader survived the impact. Um, so they did double check with uh, comicbook.com, did double check with Marvel Comics, who confirmed this is Vader's first appearance in a publication that is not a Star Wars title. Awesome. Uh, does that mean Star Wars and Marvel universes are connected? Because um, it does say 80 years, one universe. Okay, I would say one comic universe of Marvel. But no, I don't think I don't think they're same. Star Wars is not part of the 616. No, no, no. So, But it could be one of the, an alternate universe. I guess exactly. it could be. 1138 universe. Although it's it's huh. not. <laughs> it's the, yeah. It's the, it's the, the 421 universe. Okay. I like that one. <laughs> TK421. Oh. Your, uh, your, your comm's not working. Uh, um, now, Marvel published Star Wars comics through 87, uh, and the rights to the film franchise later landed at Dark Horse, where it remained until Disney, Marvel's parent company, bought Lucasfilm in 2012. In 2015, Marvel began the new Star Wars comics and these are the first and for the first time are considered 100% canon. Are you saying the original Marvel comics weren't canon? No, they're not. But the Star Wars Adventures and from IDW and these books are canon, which means Jackson is back as canon. That's he right. in Star Wars Adventures. So the regular, the actual canon Star Wars universe does have big green bunnies. Yes. Uh, and then the second comic story, which I think Derek quite enjoyed when I first saw this. <laughs> that diabolical laugh. <laughs> um, Marvel's Star Wars comic to end ahead of Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I will We'll pause here for a brief second for you guys to go, what? And, and throw a little tantrum. If you want to pause for a brief moment, you can do that too. I'll wait. <laughs> so welcome back. If you did pause, if you didn't, then I'm sorry. Um, as revealed in the November solicitations, which I have not gotten. What in the world? You find out why. Uh, the publisher's main Star Wars book is coming to an end with issue number 75, which will also conclude the Rebels and Rogue storyline by Greg Pak and Phil Noto. Um, since its launch in 2015, with an issue that sold 1 million copies, Star Wars has been the flagship book of Marvel's line of comics set in the galaxy far, far away. But you shouldn't be too worried because uh, later, uh, sometime in the next month, uh, Marvel's going to announce what the future plans are for the Star Wars comic. Um, now, Marvel does love publishing brand new first issues whenever it can to boost sales. Uh, that could be happening here since the cast 
Jedi's cancellation is so close to the rise of Skywalker in December. Um, what a better way to capitalize the release of the most important Star Wars movie yet than publishing an easy jumping on point for readers. Now, we talked before show. What would be great is, since this one was mainly set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and I almost hope they don't go straight into Empire Strikes Back on this. I hope they stop a little short. I would love to see the next series take place right shortly after the events of Empire Strikes Back and go to just short of Return of the Jedi. Mm, yeah. With the difference in time there, though, they may that may actually be a lot even shorter run than what this had. Quite possibly. I almost wouldn't mind to see um, if the if this would pick up uh, volume two or whatever be actually after Rise of Skywalker. Because even though the Skywalker saga is done, the galaxy still goes. Yeah. And we know that the movies are supposed to not do much past that. I mean, not for now. True. Because that way they can leave um, the time between like Jedi and uh, Force Awakens for other more tra- more your traditional novels and um, TV series and stuff. And then um, you could take this and go way past that. I still would like to see a TV series or something bridging between Empire and Jedi. Yeah, even a, possible. Uh, an animated series, so you could bring in like um, Mark Hamill to play Luke and some of the other ones, and actually do an animated series of them looking for Han. True. And that's on in the idea. Yeah, but they because there's plenty of voice actors that could do Carrie Fisher's voice and actually have Leia. But they they knew where Han was going. Yeah, the, but they still said they were looking for him. They didn't know it because Jabba, you know, he did, didn't just have the palace on Tatooine. True, true. Because remember, when they're leaving, Lando and Chewbacca say they'll let him know as soon as at the rendezvous point after they find Han. Right, right. So yeah. you have Leia and Luke. Um, working with the rebellion and still building there, where you have like Lando and Lando and Chewbacca out looking for Han. Right. You got two different series there. True. Well, this could also very well be something that uh, the new book could take place in the post Return of the Jedi era, which means yeah. they could incorporate the Mandalorian into it some off and on. True. Or even yeah, do, or, or even do Mandalorian backstories or yeah, you know, little eight page backstories and do the um the rise of the rebellion becoming the new the new republic true right yeah do some of the stuff like what's in alphabet squadron right now and the yes. tie fighter series tie fighter was a great series i just I wrapped read- it i just wrapped it it's 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 amazing i at least read alphabet squadron but i've not read tie fighter yet i i was surprised with it i really was so speaking to see if thrones available from the library yet um now to wrap there was apparently a music and sounds of star wars galaxy's edge panel at d23 and um here here were five highlights from the panel the music of john williams permeates the land even some of the hidden corners and secret hideaways cool i be honest with you i tried to listen to the music as we were walking around but you get so immersed into it forget about it yeah because it, it is kind of soft, but when you're around the Falcon, the music is one. It really cool. is. I mean, it's a little louder there than it is in other spots. But um, and if you've seen any of the videos of people who built their own lightsaber, the music in there as things are happening is really cool and helps set the tone and the mood. Um, they definitely do a good job of pulling the emotion. Because, like I said, I don't think I realized half the music, but I'm sure subconsciously I was hearing it, and it was helping add to the emotion I was. feeling. Feeling mm. while there. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Now, 
the importance of his contribution is not lost on Williams. Uh, even though he said uh, he was not able to attend D23, he, he did send a pre-recorded message, uh, and he talked about how he's been privileged to have composed the music that defined Star Wars for more than 40 years. Man, 40 years mm-hmm. doing all that. Um, and a quote from him, you almost want to say you wish you could meet them all. Um, creating the score is just one part of making music, a delicate balance that requires an interpreter to play the composition and a listener to actively consume and interact with it. Uh, when fans at Star Wars Galaxy Edge hear the new track, um, William, uh, he said, listening to the music will take, take us out of the corporal world for five minutes, just as these films have done. So, uh, and it was... Um, Williams and the Los Angeles Philharmonic will premiere the Symphony Suite during a performance later this month. Uh, now, sounds you may not even notice that play a key role. Um, John J.K. Kessler, the principal audio media designer on the project, recalled attending an air show as a kid and hearing the roar of jet aircraft overhead. Because I remember the experience of how that sounded. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. Hmm. You hear the same thing in the land. Depending on where you're at, sometimes you hear a f- an X-Wing or a Rebel Craft flyover or or a freighter or a TIE fighter. And it's just so weird. It's like, oh, crap. It's, it's, there's one flying by. Where is it? it, it I looked a couple times going, okay, where is it? Um, That's cool. It's wild. Um Continuing on, he says, we wanted to look, we wanted to look amazing. We also wanted it to sound amazing. Um, and then through ambient noise to the sound of a galactic radio station blaring a pod race interspersed with in-universe commercials. Um, an environment of thousands of sounds and skits are, are present. And I can't wait to try and listen to some more of them when we're there. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, musician Adam Dorn's remix of the Cantina Band classic earned a stamp of approval from Williams himself. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm actually um, in the background right here. I'm actually listening to that one. And have you listened to this one yet, Mike? Yes. It's, it's Tell great. me the the opening set of this is not the beginning of the Muppet Show's theme song. It almost <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, of course, attendees were treated to a live performance of Oga's can- Oga can- Oga's Cantina favorite, Ula Shuka by Gaia. And apparently there is a playlist on Spotify as Rex's Playlist 1 is out now. Hmm. So I will have to figure out a few things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's our show for this week. A lot of cool information. Cool. It was yeah. There it was a huge week. Sometimes we look we look for something and we're like, see if we can find something. Then other weeks it's like, holy moly, we can't get all this in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we had and we had some backstories from that we could have done uh, because two weeks ago was when I did we did the the roundtable about Galaxy's Edge. Last week we had Daniel Wallace, which loved having Daniel on. Can't wait to have him on again. Um, I am thoroughly enjoying smuggler's guide and i'm so excited that chronicle books is donating a copy of smuggler's guide as well for us to give away yeah it's very i don't know if you guys own any of the other books if y'all don't i think this is the fitting book for us to start our collection with yeah with this series so i mean i even went to the point i grabbed a gallon size ziploc bag to put my book in to keep it from getting ruined by taking it to work so I can read it at work. So that's how much I love this book. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys? 
Yes, I have one final thought. I would like to thank my wonderful wife for signing up for Disney Plus for me as my early Christmas present. She went with that. Uh, she went through that deal that they're doing with the D twenty three and everything. Um, yeah. And uh, she signed up for three years of Disney Plus, so I will have it on day one, and I will be able to watch The Mandalorian on day one. Oh, I'll have it for. I'll have it day one because as soon as I can yeah. get it, I'll I'll be getting it. I just wish I had the money to be able to do the three year deal because that's yeah. a great deal. That's yeah. what I'm looking at. It makes it four dollars a month. Yeah, the only thing is you, you only get Disney Plus, so you don't get Hulu or the ESPN. No, but, but yeah. they were saying you can you can still add those potentially add those on once it launches for for the discounted rate. Right, and uh, you know I do Hulu, but I don't really care about ESPN, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> I gotta see, does ESPN Plus actually have Formula One racing? Because Formula One is on ESPN. I. Th- I'm not sure. Do they stream Formula yeah. One? It's my thing. I'm not sure. If there's Formula One on there, then I I may go ahead and go with that. I know for me, that's how I'm going to get my hockey during this next season because we're getting ready to, to drop or reduce our cable. Still be keeping internet because I need the internet, obviously. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's one of those um, they they show a lot of hockey games on ESPN. Now I don't know if they're all they're doing is just pulling it from the local sports feeds or what. Because ESPN doesn't cover hockey, just college hockey. But I could get a lot of college hockey as well. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but there's quite a few other sports on there that you you'll be able to get. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN Plus right now, and I'm not seeing um, F1 being one of the ones that's listed on there. So I don't know. MLB's on there, but. Uh, all your local te- your local teams would be all under Fox. Possibly. I don't know. Well, I know right now for Cleveland, I got to watch on Fox Sports. So, Yeah. I, like I said, I'm not sure because I haven't gotten it yet. But I'm looking into getting it myself. For some people, I guess um, the big deal that ESPN just made recently was, uh, I guess ESPN is now the, the um, exclusive home to the UFC. Yes. Hmm. Yes. So, so. Boxing, pro wrestling, ESPN's gone with the UFC. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, any other final thoughts? Uh, the other one was the other uh, big Disney Plus news was um, they're definitely trying to stick it to Netflix because uh, with your standard, just basic $7 a month, you get four streaming devices at once in 4K. Whereas uh, Netflix, for $14, you get your you can get the um, high def. It's not even 4K, and you get two devices. <laughs> I thought they were saying there was no limit to how many devices. I, the one I saw said four devices at 4K, which um, at the same actually Netflix has the same price. Or I think Netflix has an eight dollar deal, but you get standard def in um, I believe one or two devices at that price. At fifteen or fourteen dollars, you get the um, high def, and I think up to four devices there. Okay, yeah. So, I, w- I was under the impression that there was not multiple uh, that you could do multiple, and there was no limit. Uh, let me look up. That that's what I have been hearing. Let's see. The other one that's interesting is um I believe as of right now that Amazon oh wait, maybe this is gonna change that. Yeah. Amazon Plus or Amazon Fire Stick and Fire TVs do not have Disney Plus right now. No. Um mm. neither neither will Sling TVs. Well Sling TV uh why does Sling TV have its own devices now? Because Sling TV is more like a cable thing where it just has certain channels on it. 
Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I know my LG when I got it, it was uh, more. It, it, it was marketed for. I think it was marketed for Sling, maybe. Because yeah, Sling TV is just an app that you get on it. Yeah, yeah that's that's just a service. Yeah, I don't uh, remember, but it's okay. I got I got two Roku boxes in the house, so yeah, I'm fine. I have a Roku TV and a couple of and a Roku stick, but I use the Fire Stick downstairs. So I don't know. I still have a way to find it, watch it. It doesn't matter. There we go. Price, launch date, all that stuff is all right here. Yeah. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunch of new shows. Oh, come on. On here it should have the tech details. How much will it cost? What devices will it? Wow, huge list of what's going to be available on it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing no matter what. Yeah, I can't find right now off the top of my head where it was that I saw that. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we got it. For, well, well, if you find it, we'll you we'll yeah. talk about it next week. So. So. Like I said, there was a lot of stuff there. Oh yeah, can't wait. Uh, anything else? That's all I got. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything else. If no one else has, then there's only one thing left to do. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.